You're listening to the Quoted Podcast Season 9. Read the Bible with me. Please don't forget to follow me on Instagram at the Quoted Podcast and check out my blog. Everything will be linked in the description below. Now, let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Quoted Podcast. (laughs) So, I hope you're excited because this is... Well, let me make sure I'm saying the right episode. This is episode 8 of season 9. Read the Bible with me. Which means after this episode, we just have two more before season 10. And you already know how excited I am for season 10. I currently have all the guests signed up except for one. So it's going well. And I'm really excited for you guys to hear it. So with that being said, this week, today, we're talking about God taking care of the details. Now, my idea for this episode, well, I had several ideas for this episode, but whenever I was doing some planning for season 10, I went on Pinterest. I use Pinterest all the time. It's so good. Perfect for finding quotes and I was looking for quotes to go with season 10 on Pinterest and then I found this one and I was like I'm just gonna write that down because I might be able to talk about it further on an episode so the quote is God will take care of the details and I was actually thinking about talking about like the good Samaritan this week but then I was like I went back and I like saw the quote that I had written down I was like I need to, like, use this quote. And so I started trying to think of, like, what Bible stories can we talk about for this quote. And I I remembered uh, Jesus Feeds the 5,000. But I'm like, that's such a popular story. I feel like I need to pick something that not many people would think about. And then... Google came in handy here. I looked up Bible stories about God taking care of the details, and then I found Elijah. Now, I am like 1% afraid that I've already done an episode about Elijah, which I probably have, knowing me. But who cares, because I'm sure that if I have, nobody remembers it. I don't even remember it. So we're just going to pretend. We're just going to say that I haven't done an episode with Elijah. Because I don't know if I have. But. I'm super excited. I just went through my Bible. And read all. Everything about Elijah that I could find. And. I'm excited to talk about him today. I think this is going to be really interesting. Um, so I hope you are excited. Yeah, let's just get into it. So, if you didn't know, Elijah was a prophet in the Bible. And a prophet is basically someone who just kind of spreads God's word and, like, does what God calls him to do. So, I'm going to recap, like, basically Elijah's life 
I'm just going to go through everything that I found in the Bible about Elijah so we can just talk about him for a minute. So, in 1 Kings 17, Elijah announces that there's going to be a drought. I'm pretty sure we all know what a drought is. That's when all the water dries up and water is important. So, I'm sure during this time, a drought must have been really difficult. So, yeah, um, Elijah says, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. So, Elijah basically says that he's going to be the one to stop the drought, or God. I don't know. Um, And then, starting in verse 2 of chapter 17, um. It says that Elijah was fed by ravens. And this is when God is like, okay, um, Elijah, there's a drought. So I want you to leave where you are right now. He was in Tishbite, I think that's how you say it, in Gilead. And he tells him to leave here and turn eastward and hide in the Kirith Ravine, east of the Jordan. Okay, so... Then Elijah Elijah goes where God tells him to go. And God says in 1 Kings 17 verse 4, You will drink from the brook, and I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. So God is providing for Elijah. He knows there's a drought. And he knows that Elijah needs to eat, obviously, and drink. So God tells um, him to go to this ravine and go to a brook to drink water there. And then he also says that the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. So he had like his own personal birds, (laughs) sort of like bringing him um, food to eat. So then in verse 7, it says, Sometime later the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. Okay, this is the interesting part of Elijah's story because this is what... Like, kind of like what I wanted to talk about for today's episode. So, um, you know how Jesus fed the 5,000? And, like, there there was not enough food at first. But then Jesus is like, it's okay. We're going to have enough. And then they start, like, handing out the bread and the fish and the food. And it just, it's enough to feed 5,000 people. From like three fish pieces of fish and two pieces of bread, it ends up being enough for that many people, which that is like such an incredible story. And I love like looking back at that and rereading that. And this part that I'm about to tell you about reminds me of that and I love it. So, um, verse so um Elijah is told to go to Zarephath and excuse me if I'm saying these names wrong. 
Um, and he tells him that there's a widow there that's going to supply him with food. So when he gets there, he meets the widow who is gathering sticks. And he says, would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? And the widow says, as surely as the Lord your God lives, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. So the widow is like, I don't have enough food to feed you. I have, what does she have? She has a handful of flour and a little bit of olive oil. That's all she has. And Elijah is over here asking her for something to eat. And so then Elijah replies with, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. Does this sound familiar to you guys? I was thinking like as soon as I read this, I was like, oh my gosh. Jesus feeds the 5,000. Like, what? (laughs) So, Jesus is not only just feeding the 5,000. He's also supplying Elijah and this widow with the things that they need. Which is just beautiful. Um, So, Elijah's like... He's not about to, like, come to this widow and, like, take everything she has for himself. Of course not. Because God is there and God is providing for him. And he told him to go to this widow in the first place. And I really think it's interesting how the widow's like, I don't have anything for you. I only have enough for me and my son. And we're going to die anyway. We don't even have enough for ourselves. And Elijah's just like, don't worry. It's okay. God's got us. Just like God will take care of the details. So many times we try to do everything ourselves. We try to plan things out. We try to do this and do that and do it how we want it to be. And we try to make things go our way. But sometimes we just have to let him lead and let him take care of the details. I bring this example up a lot on my podcast. On my first day of high school, I had no idea where I was going because that was in the middle of COVID and we did not get a day to figure out where our classes were, where all the buildings were and stuff at school. So the first day of school, I was walking blindly around and I had no idea where I was going. And I just finally thought to myself that day, I was like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to wing it and I'm just going to go wherever God wants me to go. So I just like started walking in a random direction, had no idea where I was going. And eventually I did find my classes, but I just love using that example because it's like sometimes you just got to wing it. (laughs) I feel this way when I'm taking tests sometimes as well, because they're like especially like leap tests like i'll be taking a leap test like when i first start i will try my very best but then by the time i have like two questions left i'm like who cares anymore like this isn't going to 
affect my grade. It doesn't really matter how I do. So sometimes I actually don't care, which is fine because really leap tests are not even that important. They really aren't. I mean, they just like help the school depending on your grades that you get or whatever. But uh, I'm not saying like try to fail every test you take. I'm just saying sometimes you just have to wing it and like oh my gosh okay so many examples here like if there's something coming up that you're like really afraid of and you don't want to do this thing you can't dwell on it because it's not going to get you anywhere so sometimes you just have to just accept that it's going to happen and like my teacher was mentioned this the other day where everyone is tired of having to wake up at five in the morning to go to school but we get to a point where we're just like, we just accept that we have to do that. And then it doesn't end up being as bad because we're not thinking about it constantly, which I agree with that. I've been doing that this year so far. Like I used to like wake up at five in the morning and be like, oh my gosh, what is this? I want to go back to sleep. I just don't want to get up at all. (laughs) And I tried reading in the morning, which sounds so weird because isn't reading supposed to help you fall asleep? Instead, it's helping me wake up. I don't know. But I started trying to read in the morning to give myself something to look forward to before I have to get up. I will never stop. I can't get up right away in the morning. I have to read first because, like, it's just not possible to just stand up and be like, oh, my gosh, let's get this day started. And... Another thing is, it's freezing in the morning. No matter what the temperature is outside, I'm always freezing at 5 o'clock in the morning, and it's not okay. (laughs) But, like, when you accept that you have to do something, you, like, forget about all your worries or forget about that you don't want to do it, and you just kind of do it. You know? It's kind of like letting letting God lead. Which we did talk about this last week as well with Deborah about a leader. So, okay, let's read some more about Elijah and his life. So, then in chapter 17, verse 14, um, it says, For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says, The jar of flour will not be used up, and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. I already read that. <laughs> but Elijah is telling the widow that the food and drink will sustain them because God will provide enough for them. Also, we see a, a few verses down that the oh my gosh, my computer keeps turning off. Um, the widow's son actually dies and um God um raises the little boy from the dead and then the woman after that happens the woman says to elijah now i know that you are a man of god and the word of the lord from your mouth is the truth which i think that's just so beautiful like yes it seems like the woman had to see it to believe it there and we should not we shouldn't just say i have to see it to believe it and I need a miracle before I believe in God and all that. We can't do that. Because you could be waiting your whole life for that miracle. Well, I don't know. But, like, 
I think you shouldn't be waiting for a miracle to happen to give God a chance. You should give him a chance without having to see him do anything crazy to show you who he is. Anyway, then we go to chapter 18 with Elijah and Obadiah. Skipping that because I don't have anything to say right now about that. We're going to Elijah on Mount Carmel. Um, is it just me or is Mount Carmel like the best name for a mountain? Like, I would love to go there. <laughs> anyway, this is chapter 18, verse 18. Elijah says, I have not made trouble for Israel, but you and your father's family have. And he's talking to Ahab, um, who went to meet Eli- Elijah. You have abandoned the Lord's commands and have followed the balls. Now sum- summon people from all over Israel to meet me on Mount Carmel and bring the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. So, I think everyone mostly should be familiar with the prophet of Baal. And so this is the part where like Elijah is going to speak to those people on Mount Carmel. And I love this. I love this chapter so much because it's like God's showing them that he's like truly real and that they can actually trust in him. Because so God calls Elijah to go and like tell the people of Baal what they're doing wrong. And then in verse 22, it says, Then Elijah said to them, I'm the only one of the Lord's prophets left, but Baal has 450 prophets. Get two bulls for us. Let Baal's prophets choose one for themselves and let them cut it into pieces and put it on the wood, but not set fire to it. I will prepare the other bull and put it on the wood, but not set fire to it. Then you can call on the name of your God and I will call on the name of the Lord. The God who answers by fire, he is God. Oh my goodness, this part gets so good because it's like, <laughs> Elijah's like, I'm going to prove to you that my God is real and your God is fake. And he says, we're going to get two bulls. We're going to cut them up and get them ready to be roasted, basically. <laughs> and the bull that goes up in flames is the bull that the proof that my God is real. So starting off with Baal. The people of Baal say, Baal, answer us, they shouted, but there was no response. No one answered, and they danced around the altar they had made, as if they like didn't care that their god wasn't even answering them. Like They're about to like lose whatever's going on here. So then we get down to verse 27 and Elijah's taunting them he's like shout louder surely he is a god perhaps he's deep in thought or busy or traveling maybe he's sleeping he must be awakened so the people that believe in Baal at the moment are shouting louder and louder and louder and apparently they're slashing themselves with swords and spears which is their custom okay um and nothing happened so then Elijah says, come here. Um, oh, sorry. I lost my spot. 
Fill four large jars with water and pour it on the offering and on the wood. He tells them to do it again and again and again. And then at the time of sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today you are God in Israel and that I am your servant um, and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord, answer me, so these people will know that you, Lord, are God and that you are turning their hearts back again. How beautiful is that? Then, verse 38, the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood and the stones and the soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. And in this moment, it gets really exciting because the people are like, oh my gosh, that your God is real. That God is real. <laughs> and they, they start getting really excited. <laughs> and then Elijah's over here like, seize the prophets of Baal. Don't let anyone get away. And they seized the, the people who believed in Baal. Oh, okay. And Elijah, <laughs> oh, this is really sad. Um, Elijah had them brought down to the Kishon Valley and slaughtered. Okay, moving along, moving right along from that. So now God, I mean, not God, Elijah talks to Ahab again, and yeah. How beautiful and sad, but beautiful. <laughs> Okay, um, we're going to move along to chapter 19. Um, in this chapter, the Lord appears to Elijah. And I just really wanted you to just read these verses real quick. I'm starting to like get to the end of what I had to say here, but I'm just reading some extra verses because they're just really good and we need to talk about Elijah a little bit more. We need to give him the spotlight, y'all. So, um, 1 Kings chapter 19 Verses 11 through 13 says, The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rock before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Down to verse 18. Oh, okay, wait. Let's talk about that verse for just a minute. Isn't it interesting when, like, they say the Lord appears to that person? I think it's interesting to read about that. Okay, moving down to verse 18. This is completely different kind of topic. Yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel. All whose knees have not bowed down to Baal and whose mouths have not kissed him. So in the few verses before that, Elijah's talking to God and he's like, or God is telling him to go back the way he came because he's not done. Like God's not done with him yet. But Elijah is like, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. So Elijah like feels downcast. He's like, I've been doing all these things for you, and it doesn't feel like everything's working right and going well. But then God's like, I'm not done with you, and we need to keep going with this. So he tells him to keep going. 
and because Elijah is doubting himself and doubting God for a minute there, but then God's like, I have 7,000 people in Israel that have not bowed down to Baal. Like, that is the sentence that shows you there is hope left. We're not done yet. Okay. Um, there's one more thing I wanted to talk about, Elijah. If you go to 2 Kings, verse, I mean, chapter 2, verse 11, this is when Elijah gets brought up to heaven. Okay, and so this is my interesting point. Fun fact. So in my Bible is Lit class, we were just talking about this the other day, how apparently there are like two people in the Bible that don't actually die. Like, they just get brought to heaven, which I forgot who else it was, but it's really intriguing. And so, I think Elijah's one of those people, because in these verses, it says, As they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. I'm just giving you a moment of silence there. Wow. <laughs> That's so cool to read about. Because you're like, oh my gosh. Like, he didn't actually die. He just got, he, he got brought up to heaven in a whirlwind. Imagine seeing that in person. Like, Elijah's son was actually there. Elisha was there watching him get brought up into a whirlwind. That's kind of cool. I think it's really cool that there were a few people in the Bible that didn't, like, die the the normal way. They got these cool exits. That's kind of cool. I like it. I think that's cool. So, okay, guys, wrapping up. There is this beautiful song by Maisie Peters, The Queen. The queen. That was kind of... That was just added emphasis. (laughs) That is called Details. It's from her EP, Dress Too Nice for a Jacket, which... I was doing a blog post series on this EP, but nobody seemed to care about it, so I kind of quit it. But maybe I'll bring it back just because. But I, I don't know about you, but I love Maisie Peters, and... Whenever I thought about the topic for this video, I was like, the song Details is a good song. Like, it just, that, I just thought about that song. So, I just wanted to read what it was about, just to see if it had anything to do with what we were talking about today. So, wait, hold on. Oh, okay. There's no there's no explanation for why this was written. But let's look. I'm going to read some of the lyrics. Or show you some of the lyrics. Here we go. I don't want to know the details. Don't want to know where she's from. Or the New Year's that you met her. Just want to know where you've gone. I don't want to have to meet her. Pretend we get along Yeah, I know that's selfish And sudden and wrong But I don't wanna talk about it Cause if I talk about it Then you'll see I don't 
hide on Know what to do about it What to do about this feeling that I don't want But I'll keep it all to myself If you spare me the details Okay, so the reason I wanted to show that song really quick was because it just kind of made me think of what we were talking about today. And it's like in her chorus, she says, but I'll keep it all to myself if you spare me the details. And obviously this song is about like a relationship. Like she doesn't want to know anything about this girl that this guy is dating because she doesn't care about this girl because she's heartbroken <laughs> from her guy dating someone else, you know? But I think it's interesting how in the chorus she says, but I'll keep it all to myself if you spare me the details. And sometimes I feel like we don't need all the details. We're like, we're not going to get all the details because we don't know God's full plan for our life. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like a surprise because like, we don't know what's going to happen on a day-to-day basis. So it's like, just spare me the details like just god just like lead and you don't have to tell me what you're gonna do every single second i'm just gonna let you lead and that was kind of like my topic for today's episode and like what i wanted to talk about like god will take care of the details that's it he has all the details planned out and we just kind of need to step back and let him do that. So that's cool that the song kind of goes along with the episode. And I just really like that. So, yeah. That's going to be it for today's episode. Thank you guys so, so much for listening. I really hope you come back next week for season nine, episode nine, almost to the end. Thanks for sticking along and I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.